0: Welcome back to Talking Supercoach with Streedy and Oz. And yet again, it's pure chaos. Pure chaos in the football world, in the real world, and in the supercoach world, Streedy. We've had our first round of buys, which was hard enough for some people, but there's injuries, there's suspensions, there's extra trades, there's teams playing on different weeks. The only constant, it seems, are that the D's continue to dominate mates um how are you feeling on this uh lockdown monday afternoon
1: uh yeah mate pretty pretty good the d's do continue to dominate i must admit i've uh, i've kept a lid on it uh mostly for most part of this year but friday the second half was actually exceptional uh did not see it coming and i was very impressed i think at half time i said to my old man uh, not in person obviously you know you can't do that these days but messaged him and said um yeah I, you know, Brisbane are the best team. I was right. Uh, because we were down by about twenty points and you know, Brisbane just looked better. And then yeah, what we did in the second half was whoa, phenomenal. Uh really. Watched the replay on the weekend and um, I'm still surprised. So yeah, the lids uh, lid's getting close. I'm I'm close to letting it get off. Uh but yeah, hopefully. Um I think the lockdown's annoying, but the thing that annoys me most is I'm missing out on Seeing some of these games in the flesh, uh, having been to a number of these games over the journey, sitting through some horrible losses, it's annoying now that I can't go when we're winning, but fingers crossed it's only for another week or two and, uh, and get back to the G and watch the D's because, uh, yeah, mate, it uh, makes uh, make Supercoach far less important as well, which is great because, uh, yeah, we're all, we're all on the D's train.
0: Yeah, I'm all aboard. I've given up on my mob, and uh, your super coach was back this weekend, mate. I, I didn't didn't have a good week, uh, and yours was uh, not unbelievable, but wasn't too bad, I believe. What you score and what trade did you end up on?
1: Uh, yeah, I beat you, so I think that's probably the first time this year. Uh, <laughs> so you know, that's nice of you, humor human me saying I'm back just because I beat you. <laughs> uh, but no, nah, mate, it was uh, it was actually okay. I think I've got two zero two five. So yeah, I'll see the crack. To crack two k in a bye week is always pretty good. Uh, this was my best bye week, so um, yeah, I am a little bit nervous about the ones to come, especially if uh, the the move of the Tigers Eagles game, which we'll no doubt get into in a bit of detail shortly. But uh, yeah, what did I what did I do trade wise? I bought in Lloyd. Uh, yeah, I bought in Jake Lloyd, and yep. uh, and uh, who else did I get? Not sure. <laughs> um, oh Bianco, Bianco! It's always hard to remember, mate. I should have this written down. Now bought in uh, Jake Lloyd and Bianco. So I went early on Bianco, looked really good, uh, and then yeah, finally bit the bullet and got Lloyd into my team, uh, which is kind of annoying now because round fourteen is absolutely stuffed. Uh, but it is nice to not have to cheer against Jake Lloyd uh, in the Swans game. So yeah, pretty pretty happy of those two wins. What about yourself, mate? I beat you, so that's exciting. But I think you still did okay and only dropped about a, a couple of couple of spots.
0: Yeah, I'm um, two fiftieth overall, so dropped to 100 spots or something. Um, Collier Dawkins being on field for me wasn't overly helpful, and uh, Isaac Heaney, uh, after a promising start, decided to go missing. But yeah, I brought in Reeves. I went early on him, which mm-hmm. I'm a bit nervous about, um, given the amount of rock options around. But you know, at least he should play as long as he doesn't appear on the injury list. He wasn't on it last week, and I went to Bianco as well. So got 400k in the bank, ready to spend uh, coming into these next couple of weeks, hoping to make up for. Or what was it, down week? I got 1899 so didn't even crack 1900 on the week. But as you said, it's more about the cumulative total through these three buys. Um, you can't look at each week in isolation because you've got different players playing and people have got different plans. And those plans have been thrown even more into turmoil, mate, because my round 14 mm. was buggered as well. And the big news, obviously, over the weekend, and I'm sure there probably is going to be more to come, uh, is the uh, Tiggies and West Coast game getting postponed or uh, brought forward? Sorry. So their bye being postponed means that uh, if you went early on Nat Nui last week, and we're already in that bye, stiff. Uh, also, if you're carrying Dusty and Bolton in that forward line, as well as mm-hmm. any number of others, stiff. Again, short. Yep, stiff. You, short. Uh, so I think uh, the fact that we've now also got four trades for this week and four trades for next week is going to be needed. And I think this week a lot of people are going to have to start looking at, uh, at that last buy and how to problem solve now. I know I am because at the moment I think I've got 13 playing.
1: Yeah, I think um, what makes it worse, mate, is you've, you know, you've mentioned a few premiums then, but the only rookie options available are yeah. from those buys as well. you got... Callum Coleman-Jones, who pretty much has to come into your teams um, with a negative 100 break-even and sort of ruck forward DPP, uh, is obviously a Tigers player, so has the bye next week. And then Bianco, uh, you're, you and me obviously went early, but if you didn't go early, you, you pretty much have to get him at defender mid-DPP at 124K, who once again has a bye next week. Uh, and then there's also Luke Edwards, who played for the Eagles and looked all right, There was a buy next week too. So, mate, it's, uh, it's difficult. It's always hard. Like, I don't know. I mean, to be honest it's probably one that you know when when they said that the eagle was the Eagles Richmond game was gonna be moved I was, I was kind of like God oh, this just it annoys me just because the integrity of the competition is ruined a bit now I don't really care what you know you can't really argue, argue otherwise I mean said that there's obviously not a heck of a lot they can do yeah. uh, so you know offering the two trades is probably better than a, a few other scenarios um, or options that could have they could have uh, done
0: yeah, I feel as though there's not a hell of a lot else they can do um, about about the issue and it will be more a case of whether or not this pops up more and more. But I think it's going to be uh, yeah, really a problem moving forward. But you're right, the um, the trade-ins for this week, and I, I know we've got to talk through a bit of strategy because I've got some stuff I'm keen to run past you and I think there's going to be a little bit more leniency, certainly in my mind, towards side swapping premiums because of how disastrous... Uh, round 14, he's looking for some people, but maybe let's run through the trade-ins, and I'm sure some of these players will pop up, and we can we can talk shop over those, mate. So, what do we got at this early stage in the week?
1: Sounds good, mate. And I think it's just worth noting. So obviously you know, people's buyers this week should be okay now that they've taken, you've taken yep. the tiger, Tigers and Eagles out of it. Um, but yeah, I'd imagine like I've seen some people with numbers of like 10 players next week. So it's going to be ugly. Um, and annoyingly my, my least favorite thing about super coach is luck. So, you know, this is just uh, another example of, um, some teams that could be doing really well and just, you know, due to this change, they're um, going to absolutely cop it. But anyway, but uh, not a lot you can do about it. So trade-ins. All right, mate. Number one is uh, a player you went early on, uh, Ned Reeves, uh, the Hawthorne 124K Ruckman. I'd imagine those who did not trade Grundy, and there was quite a few of them that did. In the end, I'm not sure what the final number mm. was, but yeah, I saw a lot of people tiraded Grundy out, which is, um I was very surprised with that. But uh, Ned Reeves, uh, 124K Hawthorne rookie ruck. You've obviously got him. Would you get him if you didn't?
0: Yeah, I, I think I just because I knew I was going to get him um, this week, I just went early on it to make sure I had enough trades. So ironically, I've been given an extra trade, which was why I went early. But anyway, um, yeah, I think so. As long as his name, just keep a half an eye on the injury report. He wasn't on it last week, which is why I brought him in. But football clubs are funny places, so you never, never quite know. But I think if he is picked, you just yeah, you take him.
1: Yep, yep, he does. I, I agree. It is annoying that he's not MPP, especially because I've got Tracy and we'll get Coleman Jones as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's yeah, Reeves in there too. Kind of hamstrings you a little bit because uh, he doesn't have that DPP, but he will make a lot of cash quickly. So you know, he's probably one that penned in your your own trade scenarios and when you look at finishing your team, like prob- three or four weeks out of Reeves covers Grundy. Um, it's potentially all you need. So yeah, I think if he plays, is a uh, is a good in. Yep. Uh All right, number two, CCJ. Uh, Callum Coleman-Jones, who backed up his round one performance with an 86 against the Essendon Football Club. He's uh, got a negative 102 break even, uh, but he has to pay a little bit of a premium and he has to buy next week. But do you get Coleman-Jones just for the simple fact that he's going to make 100K in about a fortnight?
0: So let's let's talk this through because I've been looking at this since late last night. Coleman Jones ne- next week, like you said, most people are fine for buyers next week because all this, of a sudden, this week. Yep. sorry, this week's what I'm referring to. Yeah, there, there's they've got an injection of players. You have probably got 21, 22 players maybe playing. Um, if you've got less, then yeah, sure. So Coleman Jones, if you're bringing him in this week, it is purely a money thing. Right, because he may not end up in your scoring side. Yes, I know he scored well the last two weeks, but he plays key position as a forward and is inexperienced. So he's going to have a 30 or a 40 at some point. Also, he's then going straight into a buy. So he's not going to get those points that he's just scored for you on field or he's very, very unlikely to. And it's probably next week's the one week you don't really need him on field as well. So really the reason that you're trading him in is almost exclusively cash Um, and then obviously the DPP component that sits within him. By round 15, Nankervis I think is supposed to be back. Tom Lynch won't be too far away and I just don't quite know what's going to happen. I don't think he is a certain must-have for that reason. Um, and I think it's very exciting because he scored two big scores. He's got DPP, and how good's this? But I actually am less inclined to be jumping on him because I don't think he's going to help, help you on field for two weeks. And then when you do need him, which is in three, four weeks' time there's a big risk that he may not even be in the team. And I know he's going to make cash by then, so that's fine. If you need that cash and you can cover it, good on you. But I am actually thinking I may not end up with him perhaps for that reason Street.
1: Interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's definitely going to come in for my to my team because I I just want his cash. So I think um, obviously there's, there's a – yeah, and this is obviously depending on your own scenarios and situations, but like I've got my eyes on Dangerfield. Uh, who's probably about you know three to four weeks away from bottoming him out, which is kind of when CCJ will be at you know, over 300K. And I, I just can't see any other rookies in the game, including the ones in my team, reaching anywhere near that price point. So I think um, obviously don't expect him to keep up what he's doing. Uh, but you know, even a couple of 70s sees him hit 300K. And as I said, mate, there's no one else in my team that I could say is going to do the same thing. So yeah, for mine, he comes in. Uh, just as a, a cash grab um, and one who will make fast coin over the next couple of weeks, which is what which is what I need to finish my team.
0: I just I just think a couple of seventies is even overs, mate. Do you reckon he like if you were just to say from now, let's assume he plays the rest of the season. You reckon he averages seventy, Coleman Jones? Uh,
1: with his current role, because he is like, he did have ten hit outs in the weekend as well, so he is playing and he played quite a bit of time in the ruck. Um, so like I'd say he's a thirty seventy split of ruck forward. So yeah, I think with that role, um, you should be able to push 70.
0: Yeah, no, fair enough. It's a, I think he's, while while
1: those guys are out of the side, while Nank and Lynch are out of the side, I think he definitely goes that when they're back. No, but, I won't. you know, he's he's probably gone for my team at that point. So yeah,
0: I think that's the thing. I think the, all I'm saying is, if you can cover him, then obviously he's a brilliant trade in. And any normal week, he's the no, biggest no brainer in the history of the world. But for the next two weeks, as every chance he does not put one point on field for you, um, so just yeah, be aware of it as you look to get too excited by him.
1: Yeah, but I think I think on the flip side, what you'll find is like there's no one else to bring in rookie wise. Yep. Um, which I'm sure we'll get into in a minute. Uh, all right, mate, number three, because, you know, you obviously need multiple rookies because number three on the list is Trent Bianco, and I think he's an absolute must-have. Yep. Uh, if, you don't, if you didn't go early on him, get him this week. Agree there?
0: Yeah, I'd have him ahead of Coleman Jones, personally.
1: Yeah, I, w- I would too. Yep, I'd say he's only three on this list because a lot of people went early, um, yep. like we both did. Uh, all right, mate. number four is our first premium on the list. Pretty obvious, I would have thought. Do you want to guess? <laughs> Lockie
0: Whitfield will be should be the most traded in, mate. Um, mm. There's just no reason not to. Is the summary?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think the only thing would be people have six defenders, which is plausible because I reckon I've seen quite a few teams that do. But yes, outside of that scenario, and even then, I would use probably an extra one of these trades to to flick a, a May May uh, or a Ridley, even or probably someone next week so he can cover a zero to get um to get Whitfield. He'd be coming into my team no matter what.
0: Yeah, I think my, my very likely trade, and I'm, I'm probably going early on it, this one I say early, ditching May this week to go to Whitfield purely because I'm going to need to use, I reckon, the best part of six trades over the next two weeks to rectify my <laughs> round 14. And if I go May to Whitfield, that starts that process. So, yeah, I, I like it, mate.
1: Yeah, I think uh, he could easily be the number one defender in the run home.
0: We've said that um, about eight blokes, but yep.
1: Yeah, I know, right? and have been wrong every time. So <laughs> well, hopefully I'm right this time because I've, I've got all eight of those in my team. So yeah, true. I'm going to get one right eventually, except for Bills. Uh, all right, number five, Luke Edwards. So an Eagles 117, 300K rookie. Looked all right, uh, but obviously... As the buy next week. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, what, what do you think about Luke?
0: So this is where, uh, at this point, we need to just uh, sit back, um, think positive thoughts and hope that mid-season draft players – Uh, get some love and attention and perhaps get brought into the the team. And I'm thinking about – I didn't pay – obviously, I don't know anything about the mid-season draft. What I do know is pick one and two went to North Melbourne and Hawthorne and Hawthorne picked a midfielder that was playing for Box Hill already. Why would you do that if you're not going to bring him into your team at some point pretty soon? And secondly, North Melbourne picked this 102K rock forward who apparently has been dominating. So both have had their buys, North Melbourne and Hawthorne, and if either of them were picked for their first game – I would pick them blind, I reckon, um, just on the off chance because, you know, you're investing in these guys. I would do that before I take Luke Edwards a 1,000 times out of a 1,000.
1: Okay. That's 1,000 uh, times out of a 1,000 big. I mean, I would not pick Luke Edwards either. I'd pick the other yeah. rookies we've just mentioned before him. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he obviously misses next week. If he plays well again and then you need a rookie downgrade around 15, sure. But, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, mate. It's pretty grim from a rookie side of things. Um, even for the run home and having people on your bench to cover a one or two week injury. Uh, it's not looking good at the moment. So no. hopefully you're right. And some of these mid season draft players uh, play one or two games in the run home.
0: Would you, would you do that rather than take Edwards? Would you pick one of those mid season draft guys blind over Edwards this week? If you know, they don't have their buy coming up. Uh,
1: I'd probably go to midfield. I'm not sure about the ruck forward one. I know That's nothing fair. about them though. So um, I, d- I, d- I honestly don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just, I'm just sitting
0: there going – I think Bianco is the one for me, obviously, and it's clearly the community is all over that. If Coleman Jones is is a tougher get for you now because of that buy and what's going on, I would just – if one of them, those two in particular, were picked, I'll probably just take them. But that's a big if, obviously. Um, I'm just sitting there, particularly the Hawthorne guy. If he was already playing in their twos and playing really well and then they used a pick on him, it seems bizarre to not play him because why would you waste a pick on him then? But anyway, we'll
1: see. I think it's, uh, I think it's a, bit, a bit of wishful thinking that they'll come in this early, though, because they probably need another couple of weeks. I'll probably I need a couple in of Get
0: the positive vibes happening, mate. They'll pick With
1: him. The, uh, oh, mate, it's, not, you know, it's just lockdown. Lockdown <laughs> blues getting to you, that's all. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, all right, number six is a rookie. I uh, hate this one, though, uh, just because there's about six guns that aren't in the side at the moment. Max Holmes for, for Geelong, uh, mid-forward 122K player.
0: Yeah, I can't see him getting picked. I'd be very surprised if he's picked this week. If he's picked this week perhaps and like if because if Dangerfield is in, if Duncan is in and he's picked, then and Guthrie is in and he's in, then sure, but I can't see it happening.
1: No, I can't see it happening either. And you're right. Like I would want all those guys named if I picked him because a lot of people won't need him next this week, that in next week. Exactly. Um and if he's in the side and those guys aren't, then chances are he's not playing next week. So <laughs> yeah, I just um I don't, I can't see that happening. So um, it's a no for me. Yep, agreed. Uh, all right, number seven, Aaron Hall. Uh, we got our second premium on this list. Uh 502k forward for North Melbourne. Obviously, we both got him. He's been going pretty well. Would you trade him in that price?
0: Yes, I would. This is the perfect time to trade in Aaron Hall. If you uh, already have... I would have Whitfield ahead, obviously. Um, and if you're able to do two premiums, I would probably have Aaron Hall almost second almost second um, on the list. So, yes, I love it.
1: Uh, yeah, I agree, I think. Um I mean, there's a few mids like Titch and Kelly that, once again, we both have, uh, yeah. but uh, I'm not sure if I'd go them ahead of Aaron Hall. But, yeah, I do like the Aaron Hall one, especially now that you've got, I suppose, an extra two trades because, you know, the issue with Aaron is he's, uh, his durability. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's definitely probably the, the best of the forward options anyway. You
0: have Aaron, uh, Aaron Hall over um, over Tom Hawkins.
1: Wow, I mean, I made that call a couple of weeks ago. I, I mean, I still would personally just because Tom Hawkins wouldn't work for my team. I just know yeah. he wouldn't as a pick, but <laughs> people don't have the sort of bad luck that I do. Uh, <laughs> so I could, uh, I could definitely see why you'd go Tom Hawk over, over Hall. Yeah, fair enough. Cool. What about you if that one may to you your question, not me?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I think <laughs> I'd, take Aaron, I'd take Aaron Hall just, but I, I think Tom Hawkins is also a pretty good option. Um, which uh, yeah I don't think I will be taking him, but I am going to have a look at it. Now that we've got four trades and there's 10 million possibilities, I'll certainly have a bit of a play around with that idea.
1: Yep. Yep. We might dive into a couple of these, uh, these premiums that come off the buy, just come off the buy a bit later. Uh, number nine, mate. Sorry. Number eight is a, Oh, sorry, eight, nine, ten. I'm going to do one more one. They're all premium mids. Uh, we got Tuke Miller, number eight, six sixteen k. We have got Josh Kelly, number nine, five sixty two k. Then we got Jack Steele, again at five ninety eight. Now he's got the buy next week. So I hate that one. I'm assuming you do too. So we'll just ignore that. Uh, and Kelly, what do you what do you do there? We'll add Titch into that too, just because he's not on the list, but he's obviously a, a gun. Wow. Oh, I think we yes. we overrate him, but. I'm going to call him a gun mid available. He's just had the buy as well.
0: Yeah, I, I think I would go if I had to rank them Kelly, Mitch, uh, then Took quite comprehensively. Um, he's it's just, it's just too expensive at that price. I know he's had his buy and that's sure, but like he's he just has never done this before and you bring him in at 600000 and we know the rule that was established this year, don't pe- bring people in at that price. I'd like There's a whole bunch of other midfielders that are speculative picks that I'd be taking before Tuke Miller, like Ollie Wines or um, Mitch Duncan or Travis Boak. Or, or any 533K, K, yeah. Yeah, that's like all of them, I'd, I'd, none of them are going to be top-tier premiums from here on in, I wouldn't have thought, maybe. But, you know, I'd, I'd much rather save hundred grand and take Travis Boak over Tuke Miller, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we've got them both, but like Tom Mitchell and Josh Kelly, like they're both, they've both proven oh. in the past they can go 120 yeah. um, for all season. So you really don't need them to do that for 10 weeks. And I think Josh Kelly has like uh, North Melbourne, Carlton Hawthorne, the next three. Uh, so, yeah, he's probably my vice captain this week. Going early. Did some research for you, mate. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's uh, – yeah, I'm the same as you. I'd go to Kelly. Then I'd go to Titch. And, and I reckon there's an argument for Titch over Kelly, but bias there. And then – um would go to but I wouldn't ever go to. So, uh, yeah, I'll just add him in cause he's on the list. Yeah, but
0: All you jumping on to Miller, Matt Rowell is coming. Matt Rowell's not far away and then things change. So, yeah.
1: Yep. Um, all right, mate, that's, that's it. That's the, the 10 most traded in. Um, so it's kind of split between rookies and premiums. Um, and I think yeah, the rookie scenario just about sums it up. Uh, there's not a lot there. Yeah, wow. It's,
0: uh, it's pretty grim. This is, this is as tough a week of buys, uh, that I, as I can remember. I feel as though historically there's always been a couple of consensus, easy go-to type picks. And I know there's like Reeves and that sort of thing that are sitting there, but it just feels, feels like it's tough, particularly with the late call-out of an extra game going – Bring being brought forward and that sort of thing. I am interested, maybe before we get into a bunch of those players coming off the buy, in terms of trade outs, I am genuinely keen to see whether or not people are bailing on a lot of round 14 players at this point. Um, I know I'm going to have to. So I, let's maybe talk through some of them and see which ones we would bail on.
1: Yeah, mate. The answer is yes. Uh, so James Rowe, number one on the list, uh, 295K, got the buy next week. So... Yes. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Uh, RCD uh, obviously been a bit of a bit of a fail of a selection. Um, had a terrible role this weekend. So mm. yeah, needed to do better. I think when he was playing that midfield role, because now he's not going to. But obviously playing this week. But I'd say his break even's pretty high. and Not playing next week. Two thirty eight k. Yeah. Do you ditch uh, RCD?
0: He he may not even play this week. Like from what mm. I saw. I know they That's had great. some rest here got injured and stuff. But uh, he looked tired. So yeah, he's a he's a must go.
1: Yep. Uh, Matt Flynn is third on the list. So might be back, but you never know with the Giants in their ruck situation, but yeah, he's obviously got a bit of coin there and I imagine people were looking at him to Reeves to keep yeah. Grundy. So yeah, I mean, I'd do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, this one, next one's annoying. Uh, talk about, uh, you know, getting excited about a rookie to then deliver what he's delivered. Thomas Highmore, mate. 187K. Yeah. Uh, He's actually probably likely out for mine just because I can't afford to carry him. Um, Even if he does play this week, there's not a lot of, I mean, the chances of him scoring well has proven to be pretty slim. And uh, yeah, my defensive bench is him and Mansell, which I need to fix at some point. So yeah, high more 187. It's annoying. You haven't made any money, but, his break even fifty eight, and obviously misses next week.
0: Yeah, I think he almost has to go. You almost don't want him to play, and he might. Yeah, is yeah. um. Yeah, there's a few he's injuries. Has yeah. gone home uh, yep. to play with his kids, and there was this, Jaron Geary's obviously injured. Geary's yep. Um, someone else went home. Membry, I know different position, but we're running out of like warm bodies. So yeah, I think he's he's almost got to go. Uh, for, for me, um, I know you can. If he doesn't play, it's probably fine. You can get rid of him next yep. week, but um. Yeah, you almost don't want him to play. And if he's playing, you probably train
1: him. Nah, it's annoying because for whatever reason, I just think he's so capable of... Yeah, he's got a... Be- ...80. Um, but, yeah, you, you, just can't, you can't think that's going to happen on current form.
0: Yeah, I think in your planning for the next two weeks, one of your eight trades is Tom Highmore out, guaranteed. Exactly.
1: Yeah, just yeah. whether you wait a week or not. Uh, Chad Warner, number five.
0: Yeah, yep. With uh, with the buy, I think you do if you need to go this week, you just go this week. Like it's he's a very fair and reasonable trade out.
1: Yep, he's break even seventy seven, so you know, he's playing and sort of gets you sixty each week, so it's not the worst. But yeah, if you need to start looking towards next week, he's on the chopping block. Uh Matt Fife, mate. Stiff. Fife's very stiff. Um he seems to get injured a lot, obviously, as we know, but they just all seem to be unlucky for the yeah. most part. This one again, it's like, come on. Like he, <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I give the right. break. <laughs> he didn't even
0: get concussed this time. It's just like, yep. cool, shoulder in the wrong spot. It could happen
1: to anyone. It could happen to anyone in the comp, <laughs> and it just seems to happen to Fife all the time.
0: It is strange how it always works out to be him. Uh, yeah, I, I think given the chaos uh, that is that round, obviously, uh, you just ditch him because... Yep. We kind of have to. And unfortunately, I know he didn't score great, but it was at least late in the game and he was on track for a terrible score anyway. So, yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right. And then we got uh, – I'll just read some of these other ones. Harrison Jones, James Jordan, Lockie McNeil, and Alec Waterman round out the, the 10 most traded out.
0: So I think, like, this is an interesting thing to chat through because I, I know for me, a couple of my potential trade-outs were Alec Waterman, obviously. Um, and then even for me, Dyson Heppel was another one and Jordan Ridley, depending on how people feel about that, is also a little bit risky. Um, I think you probably have to just cop um, uh, some of these guys on this buy and just deal with it because I, I look at mine and I, I can handle Waterman not playing this week. I can handle Ridley not playing this week. Heppel not playing is fine. It's not a big deal. The issue is next week. So I personally would probably keep... Waterman, I think he's going to hold his spot. He didn't do heaps, but, you know, kicked a couple of goals. He's that, okay. Yep. Right. Um, so I wouldn't be ditching him. I think I'd be ditching the James Jordans, the Warners, the um, who else we got? Uh, yeah, a whole bunch of those those guys that are on that, that uh, final buy before I'd be ditching him.
1: Yeah, I, I agree, mate. I think um you just have to have eyes towards next week. Um, like I would say, I mean, even with my trades, I'm still going to be short one or two next week. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to compromise my team completely to save one zero. So yeah, I think uh, and that's with an eye towards next week already. Like Jordan's probably going for me. Um yep. and uh yeah, there's there's a couple others, but yeah, I agree. I'd try and keep your waterman this week and um you know, move on a, a Jordan um, and it, you know, it might have been better for your team overall if you take a, you know, sort of a small hit this week, um, a 30, 40 point rookie versus you know trying to save multiple zeros next week.
0: Yeah, that that's the, the way to think of it, isn't it? Like you, you're still going to have someone on field this week. Well, most people should anyway. So yeah, if you take a, a thirty point hit or a twenty point hit, even um, that's not as bad as having zeros next week. Um, and that's a lot of people will have zeros next week. So that's when you can make the big jump on a lot,
1: of, mm. uh, a lot of other teams. Yeah, 100%. Uh, mate, did you have anyone else from a traded out list that weren't on?
0: although uh, well, right the, the, the couple that are relevant for me that I'm thinking about are, are some of those sort of risky premium picks that we may have taken with the knowledge that we want to trade out anyway that have that buy. So the two that I'll reference are Stephen May and Isaac Heaney. Mm. Heaney probably a week early because brought him in two weeks ago and he's, he's still going to go all right. But Stephen May, I think his break-evens, you know, relatively stable. He played really well on the weekend, really well. Um, uh, but, you know, I don't know that he has the super coach ceiling that we had hoped he might have after 140-odd game earlier in the year. So I wondered if people in mass were jumping off him because I think he will likely be out for me this week uh, to get to Whitfield. Um, and then also, yeah, Isaac Heaney was the other one. If you can hold him another week, I think fair enough. But this was why I bring him last week, I don't think was the right call because yep. I always viewed him as a stopgap to Dangerfield or to, you know, one yep. of those boards.
1: Yep, that's no, fair call. And it's uh, t- annoying for that strategy that he got a 55 because he's really yeah. just hurt his cash gen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree, man. I think those two trades, the opportunity that people have, uh, you, you kind of can see them as opportunities to sideways. Premiums and you know those premiums being ones that um, were sort of speculative in the first place, uh, but also you know help you save a zero. So I'm the same as you. I'm probably gonna well I will ditch May um, next week and I'll get Stuart in this week in anticipation for that. Um, and that's straight away Stuart versus a rookie this week and then Stuart versus May or yep. versus a zero next week and then Stuart versus May in the run home. So you think that's at least two hundred points, which justifies yep. the trade. Uh, and then, yeah, same same sort of thing. Like, it's not, it's probably not too many other of those speculative premiums with that buy. Like, it's kind of the the top echelon of players. um, yeah. with your your Lloyds and your Mills and your Clayton's and your Gorns and your Tracks, that you probably wouldn't do it for. Like, I, I could see people doing, you know, a few risky players though. Like a, you know, Clayton to a Titch gets you 160k. Um, you know, it's nothing to sneeze at. Um, and you know, there's every chance that I think Clayton's 94. You know, we said it last week it's kind of another example of why you just don't pay the big bucks for those sorts of players um, because they can't keep it up and they won't keep it up. So, you know, there's merit in that. There's merit in um, bloody Dane Zorko, um, who's got a <laughs> suspension at the worst possible time. You know, him to a Hawkins yes. or a Hall gets you a hundred K and potentially covers two zeros. Uh, so, you know, there's merit in that as well. So yeah, I think um, these trades obviously and the, the, the buys off you to um, yeah, do a few moves that, previously probably would have been frowned upon or you wouldn't have had the trades to do. So yeah, it's definitely some opportunity there to get a bit creative with, um, you know, side swapping or trading out a premium um, that, you know, even if it doesn't work out points wise in terms of, you know, the players averaging against each other on the way home, yet you gain an instant hundred points or 150 points over the next fortnight.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I like it, mate. They were the two players I was going to inquire about, actually, strategically was mm-hmm. with Oliver having 180-something break even now and at 700K, I, I genuinely don't think it's going to be the worst call to go Oliver down to, you know, one of those mid-500K. You have met like the two that stand out, obviously Kelly and Titch, but we've got them. Or, or even if you are completely fine for the week, how is it way too crazy to do him to a Zach Merritt? I know Zach Merritt's not playing this week, mm-hmm. right? And that so that costs you maybe 60, 70 points this week. But then if it covers you a zero and gives you Zach Merritt at 160K less than Oliver, maybe that's the the slow play. Like I think that sort of stuff you can really look at. And I do like the idea of a Zorko to a player like that as well.
1: Um, yeah, I think I think the problem with the, because I looked at the Zorko one, Um, the problem with that is like the forwards, like Zorko is mm-hmm, still so yeah. much more better than the other forwards you've got, whereas the midfield, and I, I would back Zorko to beat, you know, Hawkins or, uh, I mean, probably the Hall, they might go close, but even then, just the durability and...
0: Rocky yeah, Neal coming back though, Rocky like Neal back in the team, Zorko maybe taking a bit of a hit. Know.
1: Yeah, he wasn't really playing much midfield anyway. Um, he's just playing well on a good side. So yeah, I just feel in the forwards he still is, you know, top two or three forwards. Whereas in the midfield, then yeah, hundred percent like Ferret showing, he can go on a one hundred and twenty plus run for you know a stretch of the season. Um, there's Kelly, there's Titchell, there's Neil available. Like all of those, I would back. Well, I wouldn't probably wouldn't back them, but I wouldn't be surprised if they beat say a Clayton in the run home and you pick up one hundred and fifty k.
0: So what do you reckon about doing it this week instead of next week with all of his 190 break even?
1: Uh, I mean, it probably depends on how you sit. And it's kind of one of those ones that, I mean, you can wait until to see how your players have fared over the course of the round because D's played the last game. That's so, yep. you know, if you've, if you've got a couple of 30s um, and that's look, look a score that's going to count, Clayton's 120, you wouldn't do it. But if you're still a lower score coming into the last games, about a, a 70 or an 80, then yeah, definitely entertain it.
0: That could be your best piece of advice you've ever
1: it's given. I good, isn't it? I know, you, I know you hate waiting on trades, mate, but you, know, you, can, you can actually see how your week's unfolding, see what scores you're going to cop and make an informed decision from there.
0: Yep, that is absolutely elite work from you. <laughs> I, uh, I, that's what people tune in to hear. I think with Oliver in particular, because you can wait this week, you don't need to just go crazy. And if you don't think you need a score – then why not give yourself a bit more flexibility next week by bringing in a, a Merritt or, a, yeah, whoever else, one of those, um, even Lock Neal players. So I'm,
1: I'm actually, I'm in the same scenario, mate. A little bit different. Like, as I said, Paddy Cripps, I want him gone for my team. Can't stand him. Uh, but I will see how my week's going. So if I'm doing poorly, um, I will keep May and trade Cripps. But if I'm doing well... Um, I will uh, trade May, keep Crips, and then um, yeah, give me an extra body next week. So yep. that it's kind of a similar situation because those these guys have the last the last game. Uh, mate,
0: that's uh, that's good stuff from you. That's what separates us from the rest. That's so you're
1: actually you're actually looking at trading Clayton out.
0: Uh, just assessing all options when you when you found out when I found out we had four trades for the next two weeks in a row. It just gives you so many different ways to attack the game. And obviously, at the moment, my uh, round fourteen is an absolute apocalypse so if Oliver is at 700k 700 and we can you can get someone like a, a Zach Merritt who I think is comparable in terms of scoring from here on in it's essentially like having two extra trades or doing a downgrade anyway it's very very tempting particularly if it then helps me cover a zero so yeah very very tempted to do it and I think it's why with this I wish we'd known a bit more about this adjustment because perhaps that might have been reason to trade Grundy last week yeah I we agree there. That, yep. but we yep. didn't know it and now we do so I also think Brody Grundy similar sort of thing if you need to get a bit fancy with things and fling things around and Ned Reeves is picked this week and it helps you cover some stuff and you can get Coleman Jones in or I don't know um, yeah I, I think a lot more is on the table so I would entertain the Zorko thing I would entertain the um, Clayton Oliver thing and for me the subpar premiums that have got that round 14 by the Mays and the Heenies. They're uh yeah, they're almost certainly gone. Uh yeah. my
1: team in the next I agree, mate. I think um I still don't like the Grundy one just because I back Grundy to chase down any points from other okay. Ruckman um, yeah, or true. other players in general and the run home. But yeah, those other ones. When you when you essentially think that the player you're trading can match the player and you pick up hundred and fifty K and you cover a zero, it's uh definitely worth it. Yeah,
0: obviously. Just be careful how many trades you do have left. I know we got two extras, but a lot of people will be running pretty low by the end of the year. But I think it's worth uh Worth a crack, mate, as he said. Oh, like, mate, 100%. Points. I've seen
1: this as an opportunity to ditch Paddy Crips, and uh, even if I run out of trades at the end of the season, I won't care about it because I never want to see him in my team again. Like it, mate. Like it. And you, and you, know, you know the other thing that it allows me to do is uh, pick up my, uh, my top 20 draft picks at the start of the year is uh, <laughs> Sam Walsh. So I'm very excited about that.
0: Oh, the Crips to Walsh straight side swap, you reckon, mate? Yep. Oh, that would be. Oh, just, come on, Sam. If you're listening, and I know you would be, just absolutely put it in park over the next three weeks. Let Eddie Cripps be the star, copper tag, and watch 3D explode. Oh, it would be. Cool. Oh, oh, gosh, I'm getting excited. I
1: mean, I, I would explode, but I can't see that happening. Uh, well, sorry, I, I can definitely see that happening, but it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen.
0: <laughs> oh, how good! All right, mate. Should we get into our regularly scheduled programming Let's do it. All right, mates, uh, you had a much better week. You flogged me this week. So hopefully your uh, Brownlow medal votes, your 3-2-1 that you award for the weekend um, was a challenge for you. So you had a lot of good stuff.
1: Uh, yeah, mate, it, it, it was. There was a, f- a few good players, which is, a, which is a nice change. So dive right in. One vote I'm going to give uh, to Josh Tracy. I hmm. sort of joked last week that he probably wasn't going to get over his, the rookie price of 123 and then he came out for an 88. Uh, and gave me sort of 30, 20 points on uh, on um Alec or thirty points on Alec Waterman. So, yeah, he was uh, he was pretty good. Um, fully expecting him to get thirty this week, when I actually need him in the next. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll give him a point for for getting his eighty eight. And just uh, I think that's pretty much his all his scores combined in the last five <laughs> games uh, he matched on the weekend. So good on him. Uh, two votes I'm going to give to Petrarca only because. Uh, is it's his biggest score for me um, by a fair margin, uh, and he was unbelievable. <laughs> if he was Bont, we would have got 180 on the weekend on Friday night because, uh, yeah, he was exceptional, pretty much got us back in the game in the third quarter, uh, and, uh, yeah, he's just an absolute gun. So track gets the two, and nice to give him votes after last year, and then three votes I'm going to give to Zach Merritt uh i just don't know he just seems to be no fuss just goes about his business every week um hasn't been huge but hasn't been poor either uh and you know he's kind of one of those ones that i was massive on him at the start of the year and i I still would not be surprised if he just goes on a tear now um and kind of averages that you know 120 in the run home so gonna give ferret the uh the three votes mate
0: Nice. I think I feel as though you have so many low-possession players. I say you, as in Essendon. Essendon have so many low-possession players in their team um, that Merritt and uh, Parish basically wrap up 30% of the possession. So I agree. I like it, mate. He could explode, which is why I am looking at him. Also, Tracy really annoyed me. My God, so frustrating. When I have Collier Dawkins on field, and he scores 27 versus Tracy's 88. Anyway, um, one vote for me goes to steel Side Bottom just because uh, he hasn't been terrible for me, but he's been a bit underwhelming. Came home with 117 on the weekend. So now for me, he's averaging sort of in that 95 to 100 range, which is pretty handy for a forward. Um, uh, yeah, so just basically giving him a vote. Two, I also gave to Petrarca. Um, he's awesome to watch. His goals were sensational. Um, yeah, he was just really really good so he can have a two and three I reckon this guy uh, could be the most underrated and ignored
1: super coach premium. I did ignore him this week you, don't know, yeah. yep. you, you know you already know it. like yep.
0: have we mentioned Rory Laird at all this no year? we
1: haven't <laughs> no <laughs>
0: Like he just he just goes about his business. He's averaging 109 now on the year as a defender, which is exceptional. He's got yep, deep second
1: defense. highest average in defender.
0: Yeah, he's playing an awesome inside midfield role. Like he's just been sensational, and it's as though he hasn't existed. He's just been there, and we haven't even thought about him. So I felt as though I should take a moment just to say, Laurie, you're doing some awesome stuff. 144 on the weekend again. Um, yeah, take three votes, lady. You deserve it.
1: Yeah, no, no, fair enough, mate. I um, I thought about him when I was looking at my team and I still ignored him. So <laughs> there you go, that's uh, that's how underappreciated uh, Rory is. <clears throat> uh, worst answer, mate, uh, I'll kick us off. Uh, so one vote, I'm going to give John Ridley again. Uh, not so much his fault, but just uh, this fall from grace just continues. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, for someone who should be elite, he's uh, he's just struggling to even get 80s and 90s each week. So, if he had to buy next week, he'd probably be on the chopping block ahead of May for mine. Um, or, sorry, he would be definitely on the chopping block ahead of May for mine. But he doesn't, which means he probably survives. And I just hope that the coaches come to their senses and put him back in the role that he absolutely dominated on, dominated in the early parts of the season and last year. Uh. Two votes. I'm going to give to Paddy Cripps. Uh, he did you know, one week, Paddy. One week in the best ons. Uh, <laughs> and then you're just back, back where you belong in the worst ons. Do uh, you know he's averaging sub 90 in his last 28 games? Wow. Crazy. Wow. I did, I just like I, I think that he's been bad. We all know that. But I didn't realize he'd been that bad. Um, and I'm just going to give up. I'm just going to give up. So, as I said, Paddy's just gone for my team. I don't care what happens. Uh, and three votes we're going to give to Zorko. Scored well, but, mate, if there was a time for you to get to suspended, suspended, it was not with the round 14 by next week. So, just a dumb incident as well. Dee's got a goal from it, so I should be happy. But, you yeah, know, Dane Zorko, the, the one-week suspension uh, um, and missing next week as well as half my team, it's just not cool, mate. Just not cool.
0: Yeah, uh, fair enough. I thought long and hard about giving Zorko votes but figured you would so wanted to mix it up a bit more. Um, like it. What, what on earth is he doing? So dumb. Has he? Have they confirmed if he's going to appeal it or not? I don't no, know. yeah, they,
1: they have. They're not appealing it.
0: Not appealing it? Sweet. They X-box. said there's
1: no, there's no grounds
0: to appeal it on. He's an idiot. Yeah, because he elbowed a guy in the face for no yep. reason. Um, my votes, one vote. I almost gave this to you but, I've yeah, I'll let you off just because you – whinged and been so sad. Isaac Heaney can have one vote for uh, his performance on the weekend. I was busy painting my house and so I actually wasn't watching the game very closely. Did get a message come through from Streety saying, oh, Heaney's going to be a must-have. Can't believe I missed him. Oh, this is such BS. Uh, only to then check the score and see that he got 55 for the game. So, you know, Heaney, you can have the vote, but the, half of that goes towards Streety and the early crow and whinge that just fires from you. It's unbelievable. Uh, two votes. Thought I was going to give it to RCD, but that's pretty stiff. I'm actually going to give it to Dion Prestia because he showed up and took RCD's role. And so RCD played about 50% game time. And then at the end of the game, Prestia did a hammy. So we're mm. probably going to keep RCD and the team perhaps as well when we actually didn't even really want him. So Dion Prestia can get stuff. Also, I walked past him uh, before they flew across. He lives right near my place and he completely ignored me. I thought he'd you know, ask about podcast or whatever. So,
1: Which one, Prestia or RCD? Yeah,
0: Prestia, Dion. I was say uh, if you
1: walk past RCD and recognise him, you're doing all right.
0: Yeah, <laughs> 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 Dion can get stuff And yep. three votes. Uh, there were a fair few options I could give this to, but I've settled on, I, I think I've picked the guy that I want to win the worst on, and so I've kind of settled on him a little bit. Three goals, 27 possessions, 102 super coach, mate. I, Dustin Martin, he just—he's not built for Super Coach. I don't mm. understand it. Like everyone again on the weekend, like Darcy Parrish obviously out of the ball on a screen, but they're like Dusty in big games, three goals, twenty-seven touches. Oh, mate, he's got one hundred and two Super Coach. Yeah, like he's—he's he's just so limited because he doesn't tackle anyone ever. And so I'm—I'm I'm just over it. Like from a Super Coach perspective, you get sucked in and overhyped, and yeah. So I'm—I'm I'm just off Dusty in general. So you can have the three votes for me. Uh, mate I'm pretty excited about this because this I got word of ahead of time not what it actually is but you told me you had an incredible streety special lined up for this week you you worded me up and said oh have I got something for you and uh, I know you've you've proven to disappoint a little bit with some of the preparation for these segments so the knowledge you've done the prep oh I'm excited what do you got
1: well, look, mate, there's a couple of things here. Uh, one is I did have a, I did have a really cool idea, but I sort of, I, I fleshed it out a little bit before and, you know, kind of, we, I think we covered it off. Uh, and that was to, you know, look at those those high price premiums and trade them out like a Dane Zorko to cover two zeros. Uh, so, yeah, that that was kind of my, my mini streety special. But, mate, what are you talking about? It's the streety buy special. Do you know how much of a hit that was last week? Do you know the feedback I got from... Streety's buy special. I reckon it I do like, know
0: the feedback you got actually, because it would have been nothing, non-existent.
1: Yeah. Mate, it was extremely positive. They were like, you know, Streety, you've combined a number of segments of the show into one just really helpful, super helpful, super uh, engaging, super interesting segment. Um, about, you know, that really helps me navigate this difficult period. Uh, so, yeah, mate, we're going we're gonna to revisit that this week um, and sort of just, just go through a couple of the players that uh, have the buy this week um, and see if you would get them over players that you could get this week. Do, do you understand?
0: Yeah, again, I think the entire segment has no purpose because we're disregarding the best picks and only picking the ones that sit behind them. But okay, mate, let's do it again
1: uh well no that that's not entirely true uh because uh you know the, 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 there's quite a few pods in here uh no the best picks are pods anyway anyway just let me get to my segment god damn it uh all right players that uh that you could get next week so there's a few here that i do want to dive into because there's some that i'm interested in uh all right bailey dale from the western bulldogs you were big on him a couple of weeks ago i didn't even know who he was uh 524k forward 4.5 percent of teams. Would you get him or would you just get an Aaron Hall or a Hawkins over, over Bailey? Uh,
0: Aaron Hall or Hawkins. Mate, This is a, the fact you brought up Bailey Dale as your lead-off hit is one of the funniest things ever. After two weeks ago, I put him up and you're like, who? Why the hell would I ever consider Bailey Dale? Why would I even think about Bailey Dale? Uh, no, Hall and Hawkins before Bailey. But as I said, I reckon he's a good pick.
1: All right. No, I was just gonna. You know, his his three round average is um one sixteen point seven. That's that's Ooh. why I talked Ooh. about it. And he's an Uber pod mate, four point five percent. All right. All right. Anyway, um, mate, what about Bontem Pally? Not a pod. He's six hundred and eighty k. Would you be heaven and earth to get Bond in, or does he uh he breaks our new rule of uh, of twenty twenty, um, and you wouldn't get him?
0: Breaks the rule. No way. No way. Bontin is yeah. All right. All right. There's so many good midfielders available next week.
1: Yep. What about, speaking of good midfielders, 8.4% of teams, lucky Neil, mate, 575K. And this is actually an interesting one. Would you go Kelly, Tom Mitchell, Tuke, or would you wait a week and go lucky if you've got one midfield spot left?
0: Uh, I would go Kelly or Mitchell because Neil's got that 84 and a 96 in his cycle. His price is going to be manageable. And if you think you're going to get through the next four or five weeks without some form of injury slash suspension slash something, uh, then you're kidding yourself. So I probably would take Kelly, but I would have in the same way that a lot of people I think might be flicking Laird to their midfield in order to get a Whitfield, I would be ready with DPP to bring in Lockie Neal should anything happen to basically any other premium. Uh, But I love the Neal in. I'll be looking at it for sure, but I think – Given those two scores, he's bought you some time.
1: Yep. Okay, fair enough, mate. Um, I would be getting Lockie, Neil in no matter what. So, And I also think I'd pick him over those other players. So once again, because we think this bye week's pretty manageable or should be manageable, there's only four teams missing um, and you've only got maybe one spot left, I would be waiting for Lockie personally. Wow. Uh, but I'm biased. I love him. Would you Neil or Merritt? Uh, I'd go Neil
0: wow at that price and with a high break even above merit
1: uh yep one spot left fair enough fair enough i just i I just yeah lucky neil is so capable he's capable of being the number one mid in the run home
0: yeah oh he totally is but but he's had a syndesmosis injury in his ankle for nearly 12 weeks mate like he's not going to be the fitness freak that he was last year um and like by the end of the year he might be red hot but i yeah i I just think I'd take the sure thing, which in my mind in this instance would be a Merrick or a Kelly over this week. And then if in three weeks he's absolutely dominating, he's not going to be out of reach from a price perspective.
1: Yep. Fair enough, mate. Uh, all right, a couple more. Uh, Daniel Rich, he's uh, often the forgotten man. He's 527K. He's averaging 104.6 for the season, 5.1% of teams. Uh, what do you think of Daniel Rich?
0: Yeah. yeah. Next week, really good. I assume most people have got completed – um, defenses, but yep. uh, and like for perspective, I'd be taking Whitfield over Rich 100 times out of 100. But you
1: just go, you just go
0: Whitfield over Rich, aren't you? Just see if there's an injury. Like, if, if there's an injury again, I'd, he'd be very high on the list. Again, this is why this segment has its flaws because
1: <laughs> <laughs> just take Whitfield, <laughs> okay. Yep. No, no, but that's 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 the question. That is the segment. Like, would you would you go one of the players uh, off the buy, or would you wait a week? Because um, okay. for some of these, you cop in a rookie score to then get this player in next week in the run home. I might um,
0: I might cop a rookie score to then get Whitfield in next week if it was reversed. That's how much okay. I'd take Whitfield. But yeah,
1: uh, that's good. That's answering the question from the segment. Um, <laughs> yep. So that's that's exactly what we want to see. Uh, and uh, and last one, mate. Uh, short and sharp. Because there's only four teams. Four teams have the buy. I mentioned him before, um, and I feel that with this pick that you've almost been a, a little bit lucky uh, because I think he's been on like 100 at half time, about three of the last four weeks. Uh, Sam Walsh, mate, 560K. Uh, what do you think of Sam Walsh?
0: Yeah, love, love it, love it, love it, love it. Which is why I'm saying, like, I think next week, if you're able to get to a position to bring in two premium midfielders, depending on how your team looks, like, I think I would just rather take the certainty of a – a Merritt and a Walsh or a merit and a uh, Tich, uh, and then look to bring in Lockie Neal as a side swap or as an injury cover. I think because I love I love Sam Walsh, and for him there aren't there aren't a heap of midfield premiums this week that really stand out. So if you still need a mid premium, then uh, yeah, I like Walshy. He's in Fair heap of teams though, right? Uh,
1: yeah, he doesn't meet the pod factor. in twenty eight percent, but. Um, yeah, I was just interested to see if you hate Neil that much that you pick Sam Walsh over him. Uh, so I just wanted one more, one more, uh, Jack McRae, if you don't have Jack and you've got say one spot left, maybe two spots, do you, do you wait a week and pay that premium uh, price that breaks our rule? But is Jack the, uh, one or two exception to the rule?
0: Uh, no, no exceptions to the rule. Okay. I will wow. not bring him in at 660. Um, the only context I could imagine you needing to bring him in is if you don't have Clayton or, or a Gorn for whatever reason um, and you need captain, vice-captain material, which Jack is just about as good as he gets. But at 656, when there's, what, six or seven mids in the mid-500s over the next two weeks that could Go within five points of McRae, I would not do it. But
1: it's that's interesting. See, this is, this is why this is a bloody good segment because that's, that's just a really interesting take. Um,
0: <laughs> what, what, what's is, your thoughts, mate? Do you disagree?
1: I don't know. Uh, I feel that, as I said, with the 600K rule, there is the odd exception. I feel Jack is one of the few um, wow. just because of what he's capable of and what he's done over a three year period hmm. uh, where he is 125 plus. So yeah, I feel that if you are going to pay that dollar, I'd definitely pay that dollar for Jack over your bonds and parishes and some of the other players available. But yeah, it is a lot to pay, and for 100k less, you can get a Tom Mitchell, or for 80k less, you can get a Lockie Neal, Ferret Walsh. I'm probably going down that route. Fair enough. And
0: a lot like that is, I know we haven't mentioned him really at all, but the it's worth touching on Darcy Parrish if this, this is the segment that you're doing as well because he's coming off the buy and he's in less than 10% uh, and he's ridiculously expensive. And he's averaging 151 in his last three, streety. Mm-hmm. I just thought I'd throw that in there. I know how much love last three. And 140 in his last five. Like are we just too scared because obviously he's way too expensive now but because he's it's the first time he's done it?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, phew, mate, you could have picked it up for uh, 460k at round four. Um, isn't that pretty ridiculous? Uh, but yeah, I mean, you just can't, as we said, like I, I mean, wouldn't pay that money for a Jack McRae. You're not paying it for Darcy Parish, are you? Um, chances are, you know, well, chances are you won't keep it up um, and it's just sort of a, a spike stretch of games. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's obviously playing incredibly good football. I just can't see a world where you've got that sort of money and you're going to fork it out for Darcy Parish. This is
0: why I reckon Zach Merritt is such a good pickup next week because I think it, Dustin Parrish has had that much media attention on him for the past month about how good he's been with Anzac Day and then winning the medal and then breaking the disposal record and that sort of stuff. This is exactly the sort of thing that, you know, coaches will react to, media reacts to, and Parrish starts getting attention and you let Zach Merritt have 40 instead. So, yep. I yeah, no way in a million years when I bring in Parrish for that. Price, but I think it's partly why I'm so excited by Merrick.
1: Yep, I think yeah, you know, and Merrick got a tag a couple of weeks ago, which you know has probably taken about five points off his average. Um, that tag's probably going to perish now, so yep. Merrick won't have that problem in the run home. You would there think you go, that? mate. How good! I can't wait to read the positive feedback again this week. Um,
0: all, all the burner accounts that you fire up and send through that's interesting stuff, mate. Good work. <clears throat> all right, let's wrap it up. Let's. Finish this thing off. Who are you vice-captaining? You gave us a little hint there, but who are you backing him up with? And then also, final bit of advice, although you're giving me a face. what, what What's going on?
1: Well, I mean, pot, kettle, black, mate. You yeah, talk about me not bringing a segment to the show and the one <laughs> constant.
0: I totally forgot. I, one
1: to <laughs> was, uh, was I mean, I'm, I'm happy to skip it because it's been average of late. No, um,
0: I've actually written it down. I've, I've, I've done a little small amount of prep. I just I
1: really not, wish we'd finished the show and then I brought that up. That's really annoying. Yeah,
0: that would have been funnier that way, mate. Uh, yeah, Oz's often Thanks for asking. Um, short and sharp one this week because, uh, yeah, I forgot it existed. I'm just, uh, in general, and I know there's been a lot of buzz about um, the commentary on uh, Max King and people overreacting to commentators being harsh and all that sort of stuff. I'm not not that interested in that. I'm just off the commentators we've got on football in general. Commentary sucks. It's so bad. On the weekend, I thoroughly enjoyed it because I didn't have the commentary on. I had the TV on uh, in the background, as I said, in the house doing a bit of painting. And so I wasn't actually listening to the game. And it was so much more enjoyable the commentary teams that we have in general are just absolutely terrible. Majority of them are there because they were good football players and not because of their media performance capabilities. Also, all of them are the glory hunting key forwards almost always. And so they just want a bit of me time. It, it's just terrible. They should completely revamp the commentary teams because there are a couple of good ones out there. But what I find is if the ex-players almost always suck when it comes to commentary. So I'm just off that in general.
1: Mm, mm. a few things there um, i'm off you mentioning you paint because i think you have said it four times in the podcast um <laughs> you know, you're not a hero mate everyone paints occasionally uh but yeah i think i agree for the most part i don't know how i feel about this like uh, i personally love the um like i used to love the triple m uh saturday rub crew of you know um bt and gaz and jb and spud and stuff just sort of having a laugh and making fun of each other but that was kind of you know that was what you signed up for like i don't when I watch a game of football, like it's not what I want. Mm -hmm. Um, There's some really good special comments, commentators out there. Um, I think Fox Booty in general do it pretty well. Like I really like Hutto. Um, I really like Gary Lyon. Um, You know, Nick Rewalt's pretty good. So yeah, I think they're, um, they're, portfolio of commentators is strong but yeah i mean the channel seven ones average as if i just had channel seven i'd I'd struggle
0: yeah Uh, and even then like i I feel as though what got me a little bit is when they're commentating from melbourne and they're giving comments about you know decision making and structures and that sort of stuff when they're not at the game they can't see it
1: Yeah, like watching the tv yeah
0: yeah, don't don't sit there and criticize decision making by a player on the wing or, or someone's decision to you know play possession football when you're watching it on TV like we are like that. That stuff just really bothers me. It's, it's yeah. yeah. In general, just not commentary stuff in general, mate. Get us on there. Get me and you commentating game. It'd be great.
1: Well, there, there are those promotions you can do when you are send, uh, send in a clip of yourself commentating. Um, i going to be all right. Yeah, we can be okay. <laughs> um, yep. Yep. Uh, Mate, you asked me before. I said, I said I did my research. Vice captain, captain. I'm going Josh Kelly against North uh, into Max without a ruckman. Pretty easy.
0: Yeah, I feel like Max is uh, a pretty safe captaincy decision considering you might be against this Max Lynch kid. Um, and so I think this is a good week to um, basically have a bit of a bit of fun with your with your VC. I quite like the Kelly call. I uh, don't mind even if you want to get wild and try a Jack Zebel or a or an Aaron Hall or one of those sort of North guys. Um, Jack Steele, if you've got him, I think's an absolutely incredible option against the Crows. Uh, but I I think I will maybe try Kelly or even a Whitfield if I bring him in as a VC option against North Melbourne just for some...
1: Uh, Callum Mills against uh, Hawthorne for you could be an all right shout as well. Lloyd, maybe as well.
0: Yep. I think it's it's exciting because I feel like this week there is a... Yeah, there's so many different op- options for you to go with a VC because you can feel pretty safe in Gorn. And I wouldn't be surprised as well with, with Oliver against that midfield of... Um, Collingwood, it's again super safe as a captain.
1: Quick, uh, quick hypothetical if Kelly gets you 120, what are you doing, banking or going max? I'm
0: going a bank, mate, because I don't chase, uh, never <laughs> chase. I've always said don't chase, it's a terrible idea. So, I like
1: uh, it, mate. As long as you can learn a lesson,
0: uh, things in life are worth it. Where, where's the line out of interest? Where is the chase line? What if he, what uh, if it's
1: 113? Uh, no, it's 120, it's 120. So, 119, you, you go gone. Yep, you gotta have a line, mate. Thanks, mate. Appreciate that. That'll help me. Uh, yep.
0: Beautiful. Well, that's us. We've done it, mate. We're uh, we're out of the way a bit earlier than normal, so hopefully, uh, hopefully, this all is a real. Daytime violent, pod at the end of really the week. Really weird. <laughs> yeah, bizarre. But uh, thanks, for that, mate. And uh, good luck for this week. We'll be in your ears again
1: next week.